0: Uh, welcome back to another edition of the podcast that is now called Return the Picks, the podcast formerly known as the Pick 6 Podcast. The rebrand is complete. The new logo is up. The new name is live on Twitter and Instagram. And of course, on Anchor.fm and all good podcasting outlets. Uh, delighted to say that once again, joining myself, Ollie Wilson, on the podcast is Jazz Gillum. Dave Bluck is back again, refusing to talk, apparently. I uh, Just wondered if Dave... <laughs> could confirm the rumours whether Brandon Copeland had paid for his holiday last week, but his silence says everything, I suppose. Uh, Jazz, how you doing, man? I'm all good, buddy. I'm all good.
1: Glad Dave's back, though. Nice to have a third wheel back. Yeah, yeah. Third wheel? Yeah, like a tricycle, you know, it's nice to have a third wheel, stability. Not like third wheel, like the person you don't want to be there. Get it? I'm trying to be nice about it. Yeah, he's trying to be nice to you. He, you so he's taking it the wrong way? Yeah, well, he thinks third a wheels a negative
2: thing. Jazz You're depends to... how you, depends on context completely. Mm, tricycles are old fashioned and weird as well. That seems but like they're a more cast. stable than a bicycle. Uh, Can argue um... that.
0: What I will say is that Dave managed to be weirder and more awkward with his questions when he wasn't here than when he yeah. was. Like, <laughs> yeah, I felt mm-hmm. really bad reading yeah. that out to him.
2: I feel like I'm going to have to do that again the next time that I can't make an interview as well. I'll come up with something
0: even weirder.
1: Okay. Well, so emoji faces at the end to make sure you really make it as creepy as it, possible. It wasn't even mm-hmm. an
0: emoji face. It said wink, wink. Oh, really? I yeah. thought it was like the winky yeah. face. No, no. It, no. Was, oh, Dave. it said wink, wink. It was, I said so, you oh, have no. to read it exactly how it said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, thankfully, you didn't <laughs> say anything weird to Marlon favourite our guest today. I don't think you did. been trying to think about it. I think we were too busy because we had so many technical issues. So I apologise for the um, audio and the video on this. Maybe there's a few fades in and out and stuff like that. We just uh, kept on having a couple of connection issues. We got, issues we got there in the end. But um, yeah, we got there in the end. He is a barrel of fun. Brilliant. Yeah. Already, already knew that from everything that he did at the Super Bowl last year. And Jazz could have gone on for an hour, I think, talking... Southern I just want to go delicacies. to New Orleans and eat the food, if I'm honest. So, I much. Want
1: to do that, yeah. <laughs> so much. So much.
0: <laughs> but it also means we have to take him out somewhere in the UK if he ever comes back to work on Sky Sports again. Oh, for sure. Which I'm more than happy to get up early and go into London to show him what an English greasy breakfast is like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I can't believe he actually didn't have when he came over here last time.
1: Um, also, if you get fish and chips, I think Billingsgate Market is the place to get it. Because they still the fish it. market there.
0: I'd still say get it by the sea.
1: Yeah, we're not going to go to the sea, are we? From London, that's ages.
0: No, yeah, you take a train to Brighton.
1: You can yeah, take so... Marlon out for the day. I'd Brighton. love to do that. I'd love to go. <laughs> he's <the> he's <laughs> going to tell you to do one. <laughs> yeah, he's going to
2: tell you to get. Are you
0: locked.
1: kidding me? There'll, yeah, there'll, that's there'll
2: when be... you're going to see the angry side of him. You're like, oh Marlon, you're so nice. When, when big do you ever get angry? Gonna and then he's going to be like, he's going to be like, look, Ollie, all right, <laughs> I came here. I've humoured you with your black pudding. I am not going to the seaside.
0: All all I've had a thought just then of those wouldn't you like to try and recreate the Jerome Bettis on the bus moment but with Marlon Favourite on a train <laughs> <laughs> going down <laughs> to Brighton like leading back being like yeah we're going to go and get the fish and chips that'd be wicked fun
2: i don't think it'll have the same impact when he has to wear a mask though yeah, like that's a, true. that would seem like that 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 would really sum up 2020 if it's like the <laughs> jerome Bettis uh, doing the bus but wearing a mask
0: yeah 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 that might take the edge off well, we'll look, we, we, out of we we talked a bit of covid and football we talked a bit of uh, lsu we talked to joe burrow obviously we talked about his time in the league and bouncing around and and we talked a lot of uh, rugby and food More than anything else, I think, with him, which was actually really fun and kind of great. And we will uh, try and do more of that. Um, So sit back, enjoy. uh, Former LSU and New Orleans Saints nose tackle. And Super Bowl winner. Super Bowl and BCS championship winner as well. There you go. Got both rings. Marlon Favourite. Enjoy.
1: Over the middle. It's coming. Pass is picked off.
0: He's going to go looking again, and it's picked off by Stephon Gilmore. Down on the right sideline.
3: Into the end zone, and he's picked off. Back the other way.
0: Basically, our star of the Super Bowl was Marlon' favourite of, uh, of all the kind of guys that we got involved in and uh, in everything we were doing with the shows, with the broadcast and then he was doing his own thing on the red carpet but Marlon absolutely stole the show. A Super Bowl winner, BCS champion as well with the um, LSU Tigers I believe and I'm almost amazed you don't have a Tigers jersey on considering how much you like to drop in Go Tigers at any point <laughs> in everything that I've oh, seen wait. you do. Oh wait, reaching for something he's got it My
4: little boy, my little boy took it <laughs> oh no!
2: Oh, no. <laughs> well, it's good you're bringing him up, right? Though, isn't it? Yeah,
4: definitely. Go, tiger, you know <laughs> <laughs> you
0: can
4: Play a little football down here.
3: That's it, you know. <laughs> it's a very that
0: impression seems to get better and better every time you do it, man. You should start just making a side hustle of being an impersonator. I tell you.
4: I'm thinking about. I saw Jamie Foxx doing his thing with a different impersonation I, I do that all
3: time, Might as well. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Well, I hope you appreciate. I've not only gone for the purple and yellow Lakers jersey, but it is the Shaquille O'Neal, former LSU Tiger Lakers jersey as well. So I'm trying to, you know, have a bit of good faith with you. Get back in your good books if I did anything at all on the red carpet, man. But you were... An- <laughs> an absolute storm on that thing like that's your kind of moment to shine isn't it the personality that you've got comes through and you're able to just grab whoever you want on the red carpet and talk to them about anything that you want what was that experience like for yourself
4: well the red carpet was was a great experience not able to experience that a lot just being a regular college football player or as a player in nfl the reinvention and, and transition to being a broadcast amazing experience, life experience, as you mentioned on the red carpet. It was just one of those moments. So when we first when we first got on the red carpet, I guess going to the 10 NFL teams paid off, knowing a lot of folks. So it went from yeah. one person <laughs> to the next, one person <laughs> to the next. And and my man Ali, it was Ali and Oliver. They were, they were on the opposite side. And it was like trying to get guys' attention. Guys, guys, wait, wait, wait. Guys, wait, 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 wait. Hold on a second. And I saw my boy getting frustrated. He's like I said, man, chill. I got you. I got. You. <laughs> so Larello, me and real played with the uh, with the, uh, the the Washington football team together. You know, the Washington football team. Nice,
1: nice. Yeah. Well done. Well done. Well done. Did avoid the slip?
4: And they all, you know, they all uh, met, and it, it was a great interview. I did a good job
0: with. Them. Man, we, you were the reason we had like Cooper Cup actually came over and spoke to us. You were the reason that we were like three seconds away from talking to Saquon Barkley before his kind of handler dragged him away. Man, it was, um, yeah, we got a lot of people thanks to uh, to your personality and the ability to use those big D tackle hands to maul them in. Nobody's saying no to you. <laughs> yeah, on they the didn't red have carpet. a choice, did they? <laughs> um,
4: all good look man the teamwork make the dream work and we all in broadcasting so we need content that's all it is so man I was glad I was able to help y'all 100.
0: How's it all going in terms of the broadcasting side of stuff it's it's obviously a difficult time at the moment anyway but that career trajectory you know it's a very different thing to go from something that's so regimented in football to something that's very much kind of particularly live broadcasting, it's free form, it's off the cuff, you're working with stuff as it happens. But I guess there's a little bit of that in the NFL as well. There are, there are skills that you can transition into both.
4: It is. It's different. It's a different skill set. I noticed one of the main things we learned at broadcast boot camp when I went to NFL broadcast boot camp, the thing that they didn't like you to do as a player, like talking and being vocal and having a voice, as a player, is more like, don't say much, just come out here, play football, yeah. and go home. That's not what broadcasting is. It's the total opposite. Say more, give us more stories, don't say less. So that's for me, that was already a part of my personality. So I was able to do that, and it, it, it felt comfortable and from there it's just a as you mentioned relationships uh you'll be surprised with just smiling a dude um, and just being nice being kind to folks
1: yeah totally and someone's having a
4: bad day and they tell you screw up well, okay catch you next time you know so that just you know I, I, with this with this industry it allows me to put my ego to the side and just and just talk and share stories cuz it's just so so much about content
0: because we we spoke with Shane a, a bit about the broadcasting stuff and he came at it from a, a player's point of view saying you know you you have that wall, you you're wary of journalists at times and now you've worked on both sides of the aisle, so to speak. you know Is, do you have an appreciation more for where sometimes those journalists that were around in in the locker rooms of, of the teams that you played on were coming from compared to when you did as a player?
4: I have a much bigger appreciation because I can remember like a lot of the times, so you understand both sides. That's a good point, Oliver. You understand both sides, right, guys? You you have this side where you're a player and you're tired. You really don't feel like doing any talking, and it, it's like extended work to do the broadcasting, and you never really pay attention to the other side because a lot of times as football players you're just so self-consumed on what you have going on as a player. Those are the next person, and uh, I can remember as a player, I used to look forward to going into my locker and I have a media request on the locker. Developed the love for broadcast, and I was going to school for this at LSU, um, and improv as well. I'm actually a, a, a sad actor as well. I, I worked on "When the Game Stands Tall"
1: with Jim Cabezo oh, and
4: Alex Lowen. Y'all get a chance, y'all check it out. Uh, film we shot back here. In, back down here in New Orleans back in 2013. Nice. So nice. just being in entertainment was always a part of my DNA. So to your point, it's a big appreciation to it because I know how hard it is sometimes to get the players' attention. I know how hard it is to get you'll do an interview request. Even we're doing right now, this had to be planned out a week ahead just so it makes sure everybody calendar is okay. <laughs> so being involved yeah. on this side definitely uh, uh I have a bigger appreciation for what we do as uh, as broadcasters.
1: Do you think it's been quite nice for you, actually, to have to kind of take away the polish and the the media training and then just become yourself as a broadcaster as opposed to being, yeah, no, we played well, that's what happened, and that's it, as opposed to having to say, well, no, he did something wrong, he needs to be put in his place, that sort of stuff.
4: That That type of thing. And then a lot of times you have – the NFL is full of so many different personalities. So you have some guys, they don't really like talking to the media. And then you have some guys, they embrace it. So I can tell now, like, the guys that want to get into it. Like, when when Cam Jordan, to me, and uh started walking towards us, and I know Cam already, obviously, being here in New Orleans. uh, But when when Cam came up to me, you could tell he was excited to do the interview. Like, he wanted to get the rep. And that's one thing, if there is any similarities between – broadcasting and actually playing football is repetition is the father of learning. The more you do something, the better you get at it. So those things go parallel. And uh, I can see the players that want to get involved is now like Delvin, bro. Uh, he's a guy who's going to come on my show here, uh, here pretty soon in the next uh, few weeks. Um, he he likes broadcasting. He want to get involved on this side. So yeah. I think it's, you'll see more player, you know, guys like you all who have, you know, been on involved in the industry on this end doing more training and collaborations with guys like myself who played the game and at the same time uh transition into broadcasting
0: yeah i don't like that i don't like that at all marlon because the more ex-players that get into (laughs) broadcasting the harder it is for somebody like me to get a job who's never been on a football (laughs) field professionally man no way look you had you guys all had fun playing nfl all right i wish i could do that now you're coming into my territory man come on
4: (laughs) <laughs> but you you know what it is though, I noticed like even with the LSU Sport Network, Hunt Palmer, he Hunt never played a down of football, but he loves football. And he could tell you this and that about this player. So me and Brent, and we're the experts on on the on the panel, so he always tossed the question. If it's something dealing with the lineman, an offensive lineman, a tight end or or defensive tackle, DN, he always tossed the question to me if we're talking a skill position he tosses it over to my little bro, Brandon Taylor. So going away too soon, baby. We still need like journalists, journalists on just for that flow. Cause it is, it, it shows the, the versatility of the player, but also um, the love and the passion for broadcasting from, uh, you know, my, my folks who might've not played any football, but you know, had a little time doing other deal.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, honestly, if, if, All three of us on this podcast, we all played university football, American football in the UK. Uh, When you think university football, you're thinking like 70,000 people in Death Valley. When I'm (laughs) saying university football in the UK, I'm saying one man and maybe his dog if we're lucky kind of thing. So, yeah, the football experience (laughs) for you compared to us three at university uh, is quite a golf, man, quite a golf.
2: Yeah, I think that the not just the amount of fans in the stands, but uh the oh, quality yeah, might maybe. have been a bit different as well. Ollie, yeah, yeah.
1: pretty sure a, a junior high school team could probably beat us. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
0: yeah.
4: Hey, I, I have something though here. I have a little wrinkle I want to throw in this. I got some. Oh, love right.
2: rugby ball. I like that you can yep. hold it comfortably in one hand. <laughs> in one hand yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh, what's that? I can't quite make it out, man.
4: I just I just uh got on with the Nola Go rugby team as operational manager.
0: Man, I've seen oh, actually nice. you've been um, <laughs> Oh wow you've been doing some training and stuff. I've been seeing been on there. your Instagram there's been some uh some quick forty times and stuff like that, man. You never lose the uh that initial Speed. burst, do you, man?
4: Not at all. So uh what what I'm doing is I do get out there for the conditioning with the players, but a good buddy of mine, uh Family friend Tim Falcon, he's the owner of the New Orleans Rugby goal Team here. So, oh, nice. so when I'm not on with you guys, I'm over there and just helping out with community operations, uh, getting stuff going with the brand. This is the No Gold Ball.
1: Nice, oh, very nice. nice, wow, that looks wicked. That's a great logo.
0: So, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <there> you go. <laughs> so it's been cool. So
4: it's in America now. We have about what twelve teams now. Yeah, he's uh, got a new team. So we, the Union Rugby is here, and I, and I thought it was just super cool because I, I know everything I, there is about football, and the fact that I actually come on overseas with you guys now, is a no-brainer to start talking a little rugby too. So hey,
2: well, it, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked th- that there are teams down there. I know that it, there's a little bit of uh, popularity up in the Northeast, like Boston kind of area, but I didn't think you'd have any teams down there. Is it is it hard getting people to actually? give it a go
4: well the biggest challenge that we're having right now and that's where you bring a very familiar football face into the situation um you it's gonna have to start at the schools middle school high school so with the adults like guys that are in their 20s it'll be hard to sell them on rug because all i mean you got guys that are literally spending years on top of years doing like little dead end gigs, but it allows them time to stay in shape for football when you could just go right over there and play American rugby and be active. So that idea we're pushing out and it's going to have to start. You're going to have to have after this crazy pandemic and all of this stuff, as it cleared up, you'll have locally here in the Louisiana area, in the Southern region, because there's a team in Houston, there's a team in Atlanta, there's a team in Dallas. So it's growing. You'll start seeing it implemented until middle school sports, right along with the uh, high school sports. And from there, you'll start to develop rugby scholarships in America. So I love sports in general. Uh, so to have a rugby team and to have so many similarities uh, to football is just a cool transition for me uh, to, to add to the record.
2: Well, there'll be a lot of uh... – there'd be a lot of European players that would be really interested in coming over to America and doing a year or a couple of years doing I I don't know, doing a master's or something in America just to play some rugby. That would
4: be cool. We have a some
2: Australians, lot, some Kiwis get everyone in.
4: Yeah. We, a lot of the guys like uh, <laughs> Mr. Felt, one of our um, adopted teams are out there from England. Uh, I, like I, I lost my train of thought for a second, but we have a lot of players that's from, from the U.K., from uh, South Africa. Cur, like, Carl Myers, one of our kickers. He, he'll he a- actually have opportunity here with American uh, football, with the NFL. Because he he boots it, man. He, he learned how to kick that ball. He's been kicking in rugby. Yeah. So and then uh, uh, Coach Pete Carroll, uh, he had an American rugby team or a professional rugby team come over and work with the Seattle Seahawks. Oh, really? Uh, to, to do the tackling, yeah. Because huh. so, the, the Rugby tackling is cleaning, and they're trying to clean up NFL. Yeah, you know, with the new the new ruling and stuff. So, if, if we can have a safer way of playing, that 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 the two, the two sports help each other out.
2: Yeah, well, that's how you get some kids to play because if the parents are so worried about CTE and um you know helmet to helmet contact, rugby is still dangerous, but it's a it's a bit safer. It's a safer option.
1: Yeah. Still got those collisions in, doesn't it, though? And the head-to-heads can still happen. Yeah. You're not using your head as a weapon. I mean, that's the one thing I remember from tackling for American football was put your head in front of the man and use that to kind of block off the field. In rugby, it's always put it the other side because you don't want to get your head kneed because that's really good. yeah, it's, yeah.
2: it's by accident in rugby but it's kind of by design in american football yeah well. true yeah, true. yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. It, it does open up the age-old question though Marla, as, marlon as a man that has played both sports i'm guessing you've had a crack at rugby a couple of times which one is for the stronger alpha male american football or rugby <laughs> oh. i mean in the uk Ooh. this is a question that divides a lot of yeah, universities onions. man Okay, so
4: I watched rugby over there, like the nine union rugby, uh, just a, your basic major league rugby. That stuff looks brutal. Yeah. How quick that ball comes out and it's just this quick hit. So you could tell, like, I guess football, it has Ooh. this killer instinct to it where we've naturally said, hey, hey, clear the clock. So if I would have picked the mega alpha male, and if egos are involved, I would say football, <laughs> but just in regards to just risking you know rugby because one thing because the same guy Tim Falcon he tried to get me to play rugby when I was in between the NFL teams so I watched a couple of games and I'm like okay where are the knee pads
3: <laughs> I don't see yeah, yeah. yeah.
4: wait where's a helmet <laughs>
0: so I was like yeah. oh no so you, you so, never got involved no. you never you never stepped into a live game or anything like that then man
4: I, I did for the first time when I came on staff. I played a game and I had fun. We we've, we've been doing touch obviously with the corona, oh, okay. yeah. and, uh, out of the season. But just to get the concept of just spreading out, keeping the ball, and just try to move forward as much as you can. Um, not fumbling because the turnovers happen more rapidly um, as opposed to like if you drop the ball and you recover the fumble f- football and fumble, Excuse me, the fumble in American football. It's good, but if you recovered in rugby, from what I understand, it's, it don't matter. You
0: dropped it, so <laughs>
3: yeah.
4: gotta have those Odell Beckham hands, baby.
0: That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. So then, does it change your opinion on the introduction of well of the lateral into American football more? You know, there's the famous one with USC with the Reggie Bush lateral in the BCS Championship game against Vince Young and the Texas Longhorns. And, and it's so infrequent. And there are so many times that English rugby fans will yell at the TV saying, just give it it's sideways, awesome. give it sideways. Yeah. Do you it's think open. Do you think there's a place for the lateral in American football for it to become a planned technique? of get, I mean, more than just the option that we see, you know, QB running back kind of thing.
4: We, we we may see a place for it at, at some point. I think right now what we're dealing with more than anything else is Americans becoming familiar with okay. rugby. Because it's just... Now, we are in nine major cities, uh, MLR, here in America. But once the idea is embedded, then you you probably see it's smoother. I mean, as long as there's some type of lateral movement, your option runners... They're okay with it. Uh, we had, a, two as a matter of fact, three three quarterbacks out there when we played the other day, and they said it's almost like we're doing that lateral deal. So maybe, I mean, the NFL is in a process, and uh, basically American football is in a process of changing around a lot of rules anyway, so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe, yeah, for that in. You were saying, Marlon, about trying to get uh, rugby into schools and colleges. Do you reckon one of the big hurdles they're going to s- kind of face is trying to get the NCAA scholarships for rugby? Because don't they, don't colleges have a certain number they can give out?
4: Yes, th- that will be a challenge. But the way rugby is structured, you have more crews, like crew clubs. Okay. So say, for instance, if I had to go through the JUCO route of rugby, they'll be able to implement those same rules with the NCAA and being only only able to pass out so many scholarships. But on the flip side, Jazz, it also allows them to have a a, a way to compete. Because here in America, I mean, guys are day in and day out are competing for these college scholarships. Don't everyone get that offer? So learning the game, being able to be very skilled in the game, Will play a role, and, and then of course the NCAA will just say, "Okay, y'all are allowed X amount of scholarships for for the sport as it grows, and the need is there."
2: Yeah, well, it's kind of the inverse of what's happened, you know, with us playing American football at college. Here, we we'd played, we all played rugby in school. That's the sport we grew up with, but we wanted to do something different. Um, so it's just giving people the option, and then <clears throat> you know, some people will take you up on it. And we we had some guys. Uh, Ollie, there was a guy in our league, was it Birmingham? He played. He, he got on
0: the Bears practice squad. Uh, there Staffordshire was Staffordshire had a chap called Jermaine Allen who was on the Chicago yeah. Bears practice Staff, squad. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's, I, a,
2: there's a few guys that have gone through and uh, got some opportunities. And there yeah.
0: is nothing funnier, Marlon, than seeing a five foot nine small little Welsh lad getting stiff-armed by a guy who's about to go onto the Bears <laughs> practice squad it is the best thing you'll ever see as a video of it on YouTube I'll send you a link to it if you want to see it I watch it time and time again man it's great <laughs> um can we talk a little bit of college uh sport um particularly with everything that's going on at the moment Marlon because college football is completely up in the air right now with the the big conferences, you know the Big Twelve and the Pac Twelve, uh, a Big Ten sorry, and the Pac Twelve shutting down and saying that there might be spring, but definitely not autumn football. You're an SEC man. The SEC will fight tooth and nail, surely, to ensure that we have some sort of football this year, this autumn.
4: They're going to fight. They're going to fight to to try to have some type of autumn football. I do think the ACC fights as well. Um, I just got an announcement that. Uh, Nickel State and the Sunbelt Conference schools had, had just uh, canceled out as well. The, the I think the challenge is if football does happen and in and, um, and the NCAA and those teams play, it's going to be hard to get the play in the spring as well. So the teams that did pull out will just have to wait to a 2021 season. Because it's – guys, I did it before. I played – one year, I think I did like 28, 29 games. And, and that's Ooh, when wow. I started aver Strength and Fitness. <laughs> I was like, I got to get yeah. this small business. Because all this is...
0: <laughs> Wow. That's insane, man. That's got to be a ridiculous toll on the body, playing that much.
4: It, it was a bit taxing on the body, but uh, also the mind. Being able to play the ball, I was still young. I was still in my 20s, so I was able to really go and go at it, but it just really was mentally draining too. So I ended up playing like two more years of arena ball and uh, then retired and dove right into broadcasting.
1: Fair enough. Yeah, 28 games taking those hits. That doesn't sound like a oh, a no. very fun time. I mean, imagine that ice baths you had after that would have been horrific.
4: For real. Emma,
1: <laughs> anyway, you, mentioned, you mentioned
0: something um, earlier on, which is something that I always want to ask kind of uh, pro athletes you you talked about your kind of the lock in the locker room at LSU did you have anything that was like this is my go-to thing in my locker like for before or after games only because like I've seen for instance like some of the soccer players uh in the US I've seen a couple of them have things like jars of Nutella or like PB&J and stuff like that did you have something in there that was like your post-game this is for Marlon and Marlon only sat there in any of the lockers that you had uh, in the NFL or LSU.
4: I would usually at the time I would have my iPod. Like that used to be the first thing I want to get to uh, at LSU. Uh, one of our doctors used to always give me a snicker at halftime. So when I go back in the locker room, I know Doc going to find me and give me that snicker. And that snicker always gave me that little boost uh, yeah, yes. in the third quarter. <laughs> so those were some of the things for me. It was always my routine uh, before game, whether it's listening to my iPod, going to the cold tubs, hot tubs. You get that pregame routine going to where your body is perfect, even down to the food you eat.
1: Mm. What's the food that, would you eat?
4: So before the game, we would load up on a carbohydrate. So I would do like a light pasta, not too heavy on the mar- uh, on the marinara. But just that that little little fine little enough to where you get that tomato taste, yeah. and um, I would I would do a light salad because you didn't want to do too many salads. Hello, somebody, cause you don't want to have to go <laughs> take a run in the third quarter.
0: <laughs>
4: and, uh, <laughs> and I would usually do some type of uh, protein, it's a piece of chicken or uh or a piece of steak or something like that.
0: Nice. And post game, did you have a different kind of dinner for winning or losing? Post game.
4: I didn't. Um, if, if we won and we lost, I still ate the same thing. I was going to some Jack in the Box or Raging Canes or something of that nature.
0: To, what <laughs> what is some... Raging Canes? It's fried chicken, isn't it? Raging Canes. Raging Ch-
4: Canes is fried chicken. Uh, the first location actually originated on LSU's campus. So yeah. now there, I think there's some in the UK too. I think they all made their way on internationally. Oh, I've
1: I I that one. I'm just being sat in the bar next to the owner one day, and he was telling me all about it.
4: Now, do y'all have Popeye Chicken over there?
1: Don't no, think it's we have got good. KFC. KFCs are our chicken. Yeah. And there's lots of like favorite chicken as well, or chicken cottage. Those are the uh, the main three I can think mm-hmm. of. Yeah, Popeye's hasn't made yeah, the y'all jump to yet. Come
4: down to New Orleans, man! I'm about to get y'all on some weed ass, some chicken and watermelon, skip spice We have to get y'all over there, at weed ass, too, or something.
3: What? Oh yeah, so we, oh, yeah.
4: yeah. And also, uh, y'all have. Um, well, when I was out there, and I was staying in London. I went to Chipotle, but y'all didn't have all the sauces. What are we yeah. missing?
0: Wait, what? Yeah, I, think I Chipotle- went to
4: Chipotle, but y'all was missing. Like y'all didn't have it. Was it was? I want to say I didn't have the the queso, and y'all didn't have the uh, guacamole.
1: Yeah, it was something like y'all missing. That. for us. So I think that lots of other lots of brands in the UK have made burrito places realizing that that's a great way of making a lot of money because burritos are delicious (laughs) so there's lots of places that have already done that so I think you probably took a long time to get here because other ones had already kind of not cornered the market but it started to grow by far more than they could do and the trouble you have with different countries is different tastes so sometimes for us maybe queso is too much don't say why it would be queso would be delicious on anything but it's uh I think that's the reason why I didn't have everything yet. Maybe in time they will. Maybe next time you come over, it'll be uh, the fully loaded tripola <laughs> experience for you. What
4: I what I do appreciate is the price on the menu is the full price of what you pay.
3: Okay. Oh yeah. yeah you no have to work out the taxes tax, and stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 That's
2: so annoying. When I went to New York and I just couldn't figure anything out, I was like. Yeah. I mean, everything's so expensive already. And then you add on another like 25% or whatever it is. It sucks.
4: It sucks, bro. I can't lie to New York is the worst. So that's one thing. And then here, like Louisiana is the only place that have parishes. So the different parishes, taxes are different. Everywhere else is counties, like Dade County, like all of Mm -hmm. those different, like Orange County, like everywhere else. I live in like Jefferson Parish. I work a lot in Orleans, Paris, so that that's how it goes here. So you, you know, may pay you know. literally. Um, I usually get like a frappe, so it would sometimes be I don't know twelve to thirteen cent difference. Just little tedious stuff like that. You'd be short like
2: thirteen, like four cent. Mm. It's just that's it's up. Right. <laughs> you <know> that adds up. <laughs> Depends you... how many frappes you need, I guess. Are
0: you doing that's the uh, the drive through daiquiri places? What you know about that, baby? Oh, I know about the drive through <laughs> daiquiri places.
3: <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah. I, from time to time, uh, I hit the drive through daiquiri, especially like if it's if we're going to a party. Uh, you know, you want to turn up a little bit So you get your little daiquiri, a little spike in it And just have you a good time I, nice. was, I
0: was told by somebody that in New Orleans Car crashes, like 60% of them Are little old ladies Because they all get their little drive through daiquiri And then on their way home They're sipping on their daiquiri And end up in some <laughs> Yeah, you, you,
4: you almost have to train yourself To drink around here Because you're going to The cool thing about New Orleans Everything is in such close proximity so, I'm, I'm literally 15 minutes from the dome right now, but I live nice. in Jefferson, right? So, we, it's the 15 minute rule in New Orleans. Like, they said, no matter where you had to take you, 15 minutes to get there. So, everything is close. So, if you're drinking, you just got to um, drive safely. Make sure you can- <laughs> 15 <laughs> minutes you're
2: fine. Uber, get an Uber. Yeah, you do. That's it. That's
1: that day, nice. Drinking, driving, don't do that.
4: <laughs> don't drink and drive. Just. Get your Uber and enjoy your daiquiri. Absolutely,
1: that, your favorite flavor of daiquiri?
4: Oh, uh, the soldier slim.
1: What's okay. that? Okay, what's in
4: that? Soldier slim is uh, it's it's, it's like a uh, it's a, it's the red, white, and blue. So you get a little bit of hypnotic, a tad bit of Hennessy, um, and then the the red is is uh, well, you have to either some folks for their white go like a a pina colada taste or a rum taste yeah and you just do it it gives you this green color and it we call it the soldier slam nice
0: that, uh, i i can't i didn't ever get one when i was in new orleans i was gutted like i just didn't get round to getting the drive-through daiquiris but it is such a fun city there's always there's all these little bits of like delicious either food or drink everywhere man it's it's really fun as a place to just go and visit and hit up especially for a game day as well man never been anywhere like that on a game day
4: y'all gotta come down here uh Shoot, y'all broadcasting so once this nola gold season get going y'all got to come on down here once we're able to get this pandemic on getting getting out the way get y'all rolling man get y'all some daggers hey if you if
0: if you put us up in new orleans uh myself and dave (laughs) we play on a, a really bang average rugby sevens team that's more about the daiquiris than it is about the rugby uh, but we'll we'll try and sort out a Marlon favourite jersey of our rugby sevens team to make you an honorary player for us, man, if you yeah! put up. I love it. I love it. It's, it's called, called the Wolf Wolfpack pack. too. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I like it. You'd be a member of the Wolf pack. What's the, the um?
0: what's the kind of any secret nuggets to if you are whenever anybody's available to get to New Orleans? Like stuff that is maybe not on those tourist traps that you definitely gotta hit up.
4: I would say Anytime you see like a Danny and Clyde's po boy or something of that nature like the best po boys are actually at the gas stations. Oh really? Mhm. Um that's one one interesting take. I would definitely hit up like some of the local restaurants like Weed Adds, uh watermelon chicken and shrimp. Um I would I would hit up I mean Weed Adds chicken and uh, Weed is chicken and shrimp and it's uh uh, chicken and watermelon that skip spot uptown. You have um swing snack that's on the chicken end for like gumbo. You have like New Orleans hamburger and seafood, you have New Orleans hamburger and uh spirit. It's a couple of spots where some really good gumbo, uh, hitting up acnes for like some charcoal oysters.
2: Oh um, man, my, my mouth's watering. <laughs> I don't have
1: like, yeah, you I'm hungry. This is creating a problem. <laughs> What, Get what's your better, last. what's better, gumbo or jambalaya?
4: I'll say gumbo. Yeah, it depends on how the jambalaya is made. If if you have, I like the jambalaya that has a kick of spice, but they make sure that they put the right amount of of seasoned meat in it. So like, yeah, D and D smoked sausage. That's a popular sm- smoke sausage here to go on Cajun food. Uh, it almost want to have that dirty rice, uh, kick to it with that. Louisiana season flavor—that's the best jambalaya. But mm-hmm. I'll go gumbo. I would say get you a nice seafood gumbo first. That's where you want to go. You can't go wrong with that.
2: I've never with had gumbo. gumbo. It's quite it's spicy, nice. isn't it?
4: Depends. I don't really like. And it's gonna sound crazy with me being a Creole guy, but <laughs> I don't like my food super duper spicy. Oh wow! So I would I would put. So my 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 favorite gumbo would be like a gumbo with ochre in it. So you got. Mm-hmm. Okra oh, sausage, lovely, yeah, yeah. Some people put Andouille sausage, shrimp, crab meat, all of that good stuff. And the, the piece that makes the gumbo, and this is where the challenge with the gumbo is: gumbo starts off with making a proper roux. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 flour, it's the right seasoning, and it's the it's the filet that goes into the gumbo, and then from there. You start adding everything, you add the water, and then before you know it, you add more stuff. And the idea is to have a big old nice pot of gumbo, stir that thing on up nice, get that roux. Nice. Like my mother, she does a good job at getting the roux really dark. So yeah. when you start adding other stuff, it, it, you don't have too much of a, a clear. Think of a clear soup. But with a whole bunch of Cajun flavor in it, and that's your oh, gumbo. Oh,
0: I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Oh man, yep. how did you cope being in the UK with like? Look, with, com- <laughs> Crap you've feet. just named like was, twenty restaurants and a great jambalaya with- and gumbo.
4: I struggled at breakfast in the UK. The lunch was okay because, like I said, I was able to go to like Chipotle stuff like that. That that was you know I was used to. But the br- the breakfast tripped me out. I do like the combination of like cheese and fruit. And the way they do that deal at some of the spots I went, um, that was cool. But the breakfast I think is like an egg Benedict, like the egg is like pouched, but it wasn't cooked on the top. And yeah, yeah. I, it was like this little. They tried <laughs> to do like a bagel base. I'm like, ah, uh, oh, no. <laughs>
1: yeah, no. It sounds to me, Mark, you've gone to all the posh places. You can go to the places that aren't so posh to just do greasy bacon and sausages, <laughs> yeah. scrambled eggs, you know, and fried eggs.
4: I was staying at the Landmark Hotel. Yeah, it's probably pretty posh, I'd yeah. say.
1: Yeah. 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 So, yeah. They probably get lots of people who love Eggs Benedict there, but <coughs> probably don't want a big greasy <laughs> fry-up fry instead. But that fry-up is what you want. Yeah.
4: Yeah, that's what I want. Hey, what's, the want. Dish there? What, what's the good dish there? What I have to eat when next time I come out uh, to the UK?
1: Oh, I mean, we'll take
0: you to... If you want, like, a, a greasy fry-up, we can just take you to uh, the, I guess, the UK equivalent of a Denny's which is like a Wetherspoons type thing. But you can get, you know, oh. your eggs, bacon, sausage, black pudding, tomatoes, hash mushroom, browns. hash browns, all on one big plate, load of ketchup. You're in like Flint, mate, it's sorted. Huh. Oh,
4: okay, now I get it. See, you had me until you started saying black pudding. <laughs> what else you mentioned after that? See, that they had the black pudding now. And I'm like, ah. No, oh, it's nice. It, it's, it's good. Title, I love it. That's I good. didn't try it
3: because I was like... Eh. <laughs> it is
4: delicious. It's like the most okay. peppery and you sausage you ever something have. Else. What else uh, you was rolling in
0: there? We had hash browns, mushrooms. tomatoes, mushrooms. Uh, I
4: see the tomatoes and the mushrooms. No. See, we don't get too much of that on our breakfast place down here.
3: Yeah, you don't all need right, that. Okay.
1: You, just, you just want the bacon, the sausage, the eggs, maybe some black pudding if you want to try it, some hash browns, I want to
4: try it because it sounds like all of y'all agree with it.
1: Yeah, it's good, yeah. man. It's okay.
0: The description will put you off and then you have the taste and it's like all right actually yeah I can that goes perfectly you with totally everything else in my breakfast plate
4: I trust you I, Hey, you're my boy <laughs> bro so so'm I'm, I'm, I'm gonna trust you on that one let make it. signature foods like if you come to London or if you come out here in the UK in one of our local areas you gotta eat at cool
1: or uh, or eat what? It's tricky. I mean, you think of lots of American cities have got like a signature dish. Like, you go to New York, you want to have New York pizza. You go to Chicago, you nah, want to have sure. some deep dish, that sort of stuff. Whereas London's so mixed. Fish and chips, I guess, is That's the, the top the thing the in words the UK. Out of my mouth. Yeah. That's fish what and I heard chips. A lot of Fish
2: and chips.
4: Pies. That's what I'm going to have We're to get next time I come big out. Big on there.
2: pies. You can get some really nice pies, but it's very different food. Do, do, yeah. you, have, do you have a lot of Indian food down in Louisiana?
4: Some Indian spots. Down yeah. here, what's winning in Louisiana um, is like our Chinese restaurants, our mm-hmm. uh, Vietnamese restaurants. Like, we'll couple, hit a couple like photo spots up, like Photo Bay.
2: Yeah, yeah, I like uh, Vietnamese food. Up.
4: What else? Uh, and of course, um, I'm missing a, a, a major. Down here, everything else is just super, super Creole or, or Cajun food, like crawfish.
1: All right, well, I got really want to really like try a big crawfish boil with all the butter. Oh, yeah, you'll love that. The crawfish <laughs> balls, the crawfish, yes. yeah.
4: turkey necks, yep. shrimp, shrimp etouffee. There's a couple of meals we got down here that signature Louisiana meals. Yeah. Uh and so because a lot of New Orleans. See, New Orleans is really the the melting pot of Louisiana. We were. It's very, very um multicultural,
3: multicultural. here. Yeah.
4: But our the the Louisiana food, like the original like boudin and all of these crawfish boils and all of that stuff is really like Bro Bridge, Louisiana, Lafayette, Louisiana and around that area. If you want the best Louisiana food, all of those folks migrated here to New Orleans, started opening up restaurants because a lot of the stuff here is commercial. Mm-hmm. But if you catch somebody from down the bayou or even in the surrounding New Orleans area, like places like Edgar, Louisiana and St. James Parish and those different, yeah. where they say, hey, boy, how you doing that shit? Oh, you want something to eat, baby? i get you something to eat.
3: It's <laughs> a total like in a whole
4: other country. You heard me like Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah when they awesome. talk
0: to you like that, eat
2: there yeah go, right. go there, yeah. there yeah yeah that's the siren call cool. all right awesome. yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, we just don't yeah.
0: have we just don't have that in london As like you know english we're kind of we we steal from everybody else you know we'll we have like yeah. if, you go, <laughs> if you go to like brick lane in london that's great for getting a really good curry saying. The food curry like is like that. our favorite thing uh
3: curry.
4: It, isn't it yeah, I did have some curry out there. It was delicious.
0: Yeah. Chicken curry, yes. Yeah, we're good at that. that was yeah.
4: good. I had some of that out there. That was good. That
0: was good. Like fish and it- chips. If you're gonna get fish and chips, you got to get it from somewhere on the coast, so that then you have to battle like the seagulls for your fish and chips because they'll come down and try and steal it while you're trying to eat so you got to uh you yeah. got to fight that good fight for your food while you're doing well, i think it.
2: marlon's got the feet for it he'll be fine yeah. with the hands to get them
1: off as well. <laughs> don't worry after seeing him hold that rugby ball yeah man
2: but yeah marlon i was uh i, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions just going back to football,
1: huh? football. um it's a football podcast <laughs>
0: there
2: you go yeah i thought this is the, comes the, close the rug- to that it's getting snatched <laughs> I thought this is the, the rugby food uh, <laughs> podcast. That's what we turn turned it into. It's now, I wanted to memory. ask you about um, about the draft. It's a bit of a historic draft for LSU. of 14 players going in the draft overall. Uh, how many in the first round? I didn't write that down. Is it five in the first round? Six in the first round? I think it was six.
4: Yeah, we had, I want to say six going in the first round.
2: Yeah, who well, you it most? Felt like ex- it was
4: so long ago, but so close. Let's see. <laughs> yeah, yeah like I know Joe yeah. Burrow, oh, right? Man. And then was it Justin? Justin, Justin yeah, yeah. Patrick Queen. Um, I'm missing some key players here. I know Clyde was that level in last of Kansas City, which, which, uh, man, Ollie, that that's gonna be a good one, huh, bro? Yeah. What's that? Mean? Like, that's a good fit for him.
3: Yeah.
1: Especially Damien Williams opted out. Yeah, as well. yeah, 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 yeah. He's going to be probably the starter.
4: Just, and Quarters just kept Daryl Williams. Well, Daryl Williams there too. They, they yeah. both were running backs at LSU together.
0: Yeah, oh, it's right. the uh, it's the fancy football PPR league for uh, for Edith Hellman. It's going to be massive. You know, getting catches out of the backfield for Kansas City when Patrick Mahomes throws that behind-the-back pass in the flats. <laughs> Who's this man? Oh,
4: this is my oldest son, Control. What's
1: up, Control? Nice How's to meet you. Good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're just <laughs> freaking him out. Just <laughs> <laughs> do the typical dad thing, aren't you? <laughs>
0: Have you got him on the uh the Marlon Favorite Fitness Program getting ready for rugby season?
4: Yeah, well he, he's actually a punter. He's a uh, right. he's a high school punter. He averages like forty-five yards a punt. 48 nice, yards wow. apart. Oh. And he plays receiver. Right now his coach just started moving him up with the first receiver group. So he's doing pretty good.
0: Nice, nice. Like
4: more tall and slimmer than I am. So he's like 185, 190. Well, at that age, I was about 315. So
1: oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, bit bit different then. <laughs> Although all that lovely food around your way, it must have been easier to try and keep that weight going.
4: Oh, trail. Come come show him your plate. Come on, come on, show him. See, that's from Popeyes.
0: Oh, oh delicious.
1: Nice. nice. Yeah, very nice. All right. Well, you're just making he me hungry. Here, man.
0: You're just making me really hungry, man. Yeah, I'm gonna have to have a second
2: <laughs> dinner after this.
0: <laughs> I'm
4: tripping. I forget it's nighttime out there, but yeah, yeah. I'm still in the early afternoon. Yeah. It's yeah. like eight o'clock. That's crazy. So yeah, that's that's uh that's his deal. He's uh, eating some Popeye's chicken.
0: It was the, it's what makes punters strong, right? It's uh, that should be the new Popeye's chicken like advertising slogan. You know, born, Popeye's chicken, born for the NFL. <laughs>
4: That's funny. So, um,
0: yeah, we we gotta go. Uh, we gotta go back to this LSU draft, though, man. In terms of like the quality that that came out of it, and the there are some real big ceilings for success for a lot of these players except for the fact that they are going into what is the toughest ever NFL offseason as a rookie to be prepared for. Yeah. I mean, have yeah. you've yeah. you got any insight on like the thought process that must be going on right now for, I mean, e- even a Joe Burrow or whoever coming out of college, uh, going into this kind of off season and trying to get ready, learning playbooks is hard enough as it is.
4: Right. Well, for those guys, I will say this, at least in the case of Joe Burrow, Clyde that edwards Lair, they just had a historical collegiate football uh, career the last season. And the way the NFL works, they have a big deal for SEC players that can transition over to the game well. Mm. And those guys coming off of the season that they came off of, You couldn't ask for a much more better pro-ready guys Mm. from the coaching staff um, on down to how we prepare at LSU. I think those guys are at an advantage, Uh, let's say if Marcus Davenport would have came in after a pandemic. Now, Joe Burrow will have somewhat of a challenge. I don't expect him to just have the best performance of the world Mm. because, again, he's he's not being inserted if he was if he was drafted to, let's say, the Dallas Cowboys, well, you have a probably a fairly more respectable coach in Mike McCarthy with a receiving core like that, with an offensive line like that, yeah. with mm-hmm. a defense like that. Then yeah. that's different. Then you really plug and play. Joe is a part of the rebuild out there in Cincinnati, so I don't expect him to be Joe Almighty he was at LSU in his first season in the NFL he may have more of a uh Peyton Manning uh type type of process Well, his first years first 2 3 years in yeah, the league yeah. painful but i mean he's putting on a gold jacket
1: there's going to be a few uh, <laughs> oh wow that <laughs> that is that's a, a bold, bold, that's really bold that's really bold that's really bold you really All the fame already, you heard it here. You really yeah. think
4: No, no, I'm talking about Peyton Manning putting on a gold oh, jacket. All right. Okay. okay. I
2: thought yeah. you putting he, he a in. gold jacket on Joe <laughs> Burrow. I was <comparing laughs> to Peyton Manning.
1: I was, com- I was comparing Peyton yeah,
4: yeah. Peyton and I was saying that Peyton Manning has on a gold jacket and he went through a rough patch now.
0: Yeah, yeah, I got, Joe, you, I got you. I got you. Oh,
2: yeah.
4: In the case of Joe Burrow, what what P word I will use is potential. He has a lot of potential, Joe Burrow, to do a lot. He only had a chance to show us one year. But what I, I will say about Joe Burrow is the, pa- the poise that he has and the way he approached the game and how quick he gets guys' rapport. He has an opportunity to take it to the NFL level and do really uh, exceptionally well.
1: Yeah, it's never seemed like it's player short of confidence. That's got to be said. Even in front of the media, he looks very assured of himself. Which, to be a QB and walk into a new team and be the leader of that team, you have to do that. Hundred percent, no doubt.
0: Dude, I thought I you were going he... so bold for a second. I thought you <laughs> yeah. were
1: coming out outrageously bold. <laughs> I
3: mean, there's. I liked it. I liked it. <laughs> yeah, I would have been. I, I don't mind being bold.
4: If he would have went, if he was in the Saints office.
3: Oh yeah on the coach
4: Payton, I would have made that bold statement. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um and I'm not saying Coach Zach Taylor isn't a great coach, uh, but Sean is going down as one of the more um how could I say it? One of the more famous, dominant offensive minds of all time in NFL history.
0: Yeah, he's an accomplished yeah. offensive coach and great at getting the best out of quarterbacks sure. as well, isn't he?
4: Now I would talk my trash. Then, then I would say Joe Burrow <laughs> has a better chance at putting on that gold jacket because we saw what he did at LSU in a Saints offense.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: yeah. So I, I do
2: think that there is some potential though with Cincinnati. He's got Mixon in the backfield, who I really like. They've got AJ Green hopefully coming back from injury. Um, Boyd. Yeah, they've got Boyd, Josh
4: they, uh, Ross.
2: Yeah, Ross. It's, it seems like he has got some weapons that the can come through. It's a problem. It's just the offensive line. Yeah, is he going to get any time to actually sling it on out? I don't know.
3: Yeah.
4: <laughs> Tell people all the time: the game is won and lost inside the trenches, trenches baby. Just the yeah, name yeah, of my yeah. podcast. It's, it's that's where it,
1: That's where it is.
4: It, it's important. I mean, look at look across the NFL. The teams that are very successful are the teams that have great offensive lines.
1: Yeah, yep. and defensive lines because you can control both sides of the ball. The Line of scrimmage, you've got a great chance of stopping the ball getting out, and also getting the ball out. So, yeah, I totally agree, and it's one of those ones where I think that the Bengals' offensive line is going to be the biggest downfall of Joe Burrow this season, anyway, unless they manage to scheme it so he has lots of wide receiver screens or running back screens. I think gonna be the answer, isn't it?
4: it? It will be. I just got some news on my phone too. Uh, Travis Kelsey, he signed a four-year extension.
0: Oh, he waited uh, until after the. Kittle, that went George Kittle money, yeah. did he?
4: Yeah. Nice. And then um, I saw earlier um, this week um, was that uh Everson Griffin signed with the Cowboys? So they yeah. just made their D line even better. It's mm-hmm. going boy. It's going to be an interesting. Yeah, I tell y'all, it's the Wild Wild. Used to hearing about the Wild Wild West, boy. That NFC South.
2: Whoo,
0: boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, I've, got, I've cool got my
2: Falcons trip. top on, uh, Marlon. This is my that's
4: Oh, you're rocking the
2: Falcons? Yeah, yeah, that's my that's my team. I probably shouldn't bring it up because last time last time I got absolutely slammed for it. By Shane. By yeah. Shane, <laughs> who showed me a okay, Super Bowl trophy. <laughs> hey, that is an
4: ongoing meme. That <laughs> oh
2: man, it's never going away until we actually win uh Super Bowl. It's never going away. I don't know when that's gonna be, so. yeah.
4: It actually I'm motivated it. my uh, it actually motivated my homeboy to retire. My uh, homeboy Tyson Jackson, we played at LSU together. He was in Atlanta, yeah, and yeah. And he knew he was gonna get a Super Bowl ring, and boy, that happened. He don't want oh, to talk about that game. He's like,
2: oh, oh man, wow. no one wants to talk about that game. It was very sad. I, d- I tell you what, some um. I was looking through LS, LSU alumni, and uh, one of my favorite players is Dion Jones, and he was at, he was at LSU, wasn't he, in 20... Well, oh, you wouldn't... No, you wouldn't have played with him. He finished no, he, in 2015, he... didn't he?
4: Yeah, he finished in 2015. Yeah. He's from New Orleans, too. He went to Jesuit High School.
2: Ah, nice. Okay.
4: New Orleans native as well. He's a fellow 504.
2: At- I bet he's unpopular now playing for the Falcons, though. That's the only problem. He should have stayed. He should have got drafted by the Saints, right?
4: Yeah, yeah. They, 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 they couldn't. They could have gotten him because he went second round. He was a sleeper. A lot of folks. Yeah, yeah. I, I think what Coach Dan Quinn uh, saw was a guy that can move at that position. You know, yeah, four, four, yeah. four, three. He's speed. so good. Yeah, and. That, I call that Drew Brees kryptonite, Deion Jones. He, <laughs> yeah, he I picked him off. Time.
2: He picked him off twice in the game, didn't he? He iced him with the uh, with a pick in the end zone. But uh, I saw that
4: one. I was at that game. I went oh, to. Um, yep.
2: Wicked. That yeah. Was, it's um. Was, I I think. I mean, I'm obviously biased because I'm a Falcons fan, but I think that Falcons Saints is nailed on banger every year. I think it's one of the best year. fixtures. Yeah.
4: Yeah, it's it's deep rooted because of uh, the reception we got from some folks out of Atlanta back during Hurricane Katrina. Oh, really? We started all of this, right? Because you know we had we had got dispatched, and when we came back in 06 is that famous game back in the Dome against Atlanta. Yeah. And um, ever since that, the robbery just got thicker and thicker. You know, Atlanta's like a seven-hour drive. I I'll tell you one thing; it was so funny. Um, when Atlanta won, this was twenty seventeen, uh, me and a few of my cousins, we, we went out I just wanted to experience uh, the new stadium mm-hmm. and it was nice. You could literally take uh, fifteen, you know, fifteen dollars or you know, fifteen point fifty pounds to the uh, to the arena and eat well. Oh, and really? The entire um yeah.
0: Yeah, they they have local yes. locally sourced food. And they keep the cost down that, as yeah. well. And they encourage local businesses to bring their food and drink business to oh,
1: that's cool. the stadium. Oh, I really rate that. That's great. Oh, yeah, yeah. I found
2: that, guys. I'm so sorry. That's, that's good, all right. There, don't worry. We were getting ready to wrap up. We thought we'd lost you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I did think his battery, he did say it's only 10%. 10%. This is a video call. We could be playing with fire. All right. All right. <laughs> all crazy. good, man. Um, I'm trying to think where we were at. Uh, we just got sidetracked. Oh, we, the... were, we were talking
4: about, um, not Dabo. Um, you had
0: said. Oh, Dave's, um, Dave's LSU alumni the draft, the stuff. Yeah. Right. Right. Oh, Falcon Saints. Falcon Saints. Falcon and how, Saints. how all Falcon Saints fans, are, fans right? are scumbags for their involvement in the rivalry. I think that's what we were saying, wasn't it?
4: Yeah, <laughs> that's it. We we're talking about that rivalry and how serious <laughs> it is uh, with Atlanta and, and, and the Saints. And then more interesting guys, you have Teddy Bridgewater and Joe Br- uh, Joe Brady um, out at, at Carolina, and then you have TB twelve and that crazy receiving core down there mm. with Bruce yeah. Arians. In it. so that it was
2: it was hard enough already without bringing uh, a six time Super Bowl winning. Champion down into our division, like and his favorite target know, and
1: Rob Gronkowski as well. Mm.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's no fun.
1: Yes, <laughs> who do you reckon is going to win the NFC South? Do you reckon it's going to be uh Saints and the Bucks, or do you reckon there's a, an outside hope for the Falcons just to make Dave feel happy?
4: <laughs> well, Dave, I'm sorry, man I think this is uh, another year for the Saints.
1: Yeah, me uh, too.
4: is crazy. Um, with all of the pandemic, um. When football does play, I think that's the the best ready-to-go team in the NFC South. Because, yeah. yes, Tom Brady is, in, in most cases, the GOAT. Most, most, in most cases, people view him the GOAT. Uh, but he still didn't have a full OTAs. He didn't have yeah. a full offseason with these guys. It's a new duo out there. You have a new head coach in Matt Rule um, at Carolina. Uh Teddy Bridgewater is just getting into this contract. And then you have a young, uh, but energized Joe Brady over there at Carolina. Carolina roster looks really good
3: though. Yeah.
4: Now Atlanta, Dave, you might, you might, you might like this, but Atlanta, got Ty Gurley down there now. Matt Ryan was an MVP quarterback at some point in the NFL. And then Julio, Don Julio Jones, baby. Yeah, you
2: know, <laughs> and my boy does. Dion Jones as well. We've got this. Grady Jarrett. There's loads of talent. It's just putting it together. Dan Quinn doesn't seem to be able to pull it all together. So uh, it just seems the
1: players only play for him when they get gets kind of worried that he's going to be fired. Yeah. When, he's, when it's <laughs> the first kind of seven games, oh, it's fine. <laughs> oh, now he might be fired. Now we'll play. Yeah I think we go
2: I think we go 10 and 6 though I think we're going to go go to the playoffs uh we'll we'll, we'll go 10 and 6 <laughs> yeah, I don't know if right either But the Saints the Saints the Saints will probably be 12 and 12 and 4 something like that that's a, it's a hell of a team They just can't they just can't win a playoff game but
0: you know oh, It's not God. like that's important oh, or anything is it
3: fired. Uh,
4: oh. Let's not go back to that Super Bowl.
0: Oh, oh no! <laughs> hey, I gotta,
2: I gotta take some shots when I can, right? I'm just... <laughs> I would, I would love to hey, sit you both no, backs the Vikings, against the wall, Marla.
4: The Vikings, the Vikings got the Saints' numbers sometime, particularly that's why they went with uh, Cesar Ruiz and uh, Eric McCord the year before, just mm-hmm. to really beef up that interior line. Which you, you know, you're um, committing to Drew Brees. You gotta make sure that offensive line is, is good because. The new NFL is Russell Wilson, is a uh, Lamar Jackson, uh, you know guys like that. Kyler Murray, when yep. it all breaks yep. down, they can run, they can move, they can make the yards on their feet. Drew Drew not gonna give you that right now. He, he just needs <laughs> he needs an offensive line, and he, he'll be Captain America for you.
1: <laughs> <And> maybe some <laughs> decent calls by the refs would help as well along the way, wouldn't it?
4: Yeah, that too. Now that was a robbery. Year. I thought oh, that was man. when the Saints were at their best in recent times, and that that's something the folks down here will never forget. It, it was just from the Minnesota Miracle to that, it was just too many moving pieces, and uh, you know, folks weren't too happy down here at all about that. Well, that's the thing. Atlanta
0: have had that slow kill. I don't want to bring it up more, Dave, but that was that Super Bowl <laughs> was like a slow kill because once you saw New England going, it was by the. Halfway yeah. through the fourth quarter it seemed like inevitability that New England were just going to do enough to win it. Whereas New Orleans have had two huge, shockingly drastic moments that just hit you like a truck from out of nowhere, the the flag and the Minnesota yeah. miracle. Which which is harder to take for a fan base. Talk it out between yourselves, guys. Jazz, we can stay quiet on this one for a little bit. <laughs>
2: Look at this Eagles fan. They win one Super Bowl and he gets all and he gets all on his his way to way to win your division with eight wins last year or whatever the hell you did. Uh, go buds. I don't know.
4: I guess it's the classic do you want to die slow or fast? Yeah.
2: (laughs) Man, unexpected kill. You're dying either way, right?
4: Lost yeah, either way go you're going. So uh, that, that's something, and even with Minnesota, I'm interested in seeing how they're going to look. Of course, uh, with Dalvin Cook being one of the top running backs in the league, so wh- how does how the football season going to look this year too? I mean, are we going to have like regional bubbles? I don't mm. know. It's, it's just a whole bunch of. <laughs> Do you think
1: yeah. we what, are her- it, what the guys that you know? What are they saying? Have they said they've got any more inside information about what's happening, or is it just every, no one knows what's going on?
4: No one knows what's going on. I know they had this, this long trail of having the players around. So they went through seven days of this and then seven days of conditioning. And, you know, now that we're getting closer to the, closer to the season, um, it's just it's, – it's a day to deal, guys. And, I mean, we're, we're really depending on uh, Eastern civilization, meaning the three guys I'm on with right now. Once y'all start telling us um, it's all good, then we know – what you do over here in the West on the Western civilization. So I will say this, um, a good buddy of mine, Rob Cooley, uh, he has the Wookum Wanderers, Wanderers out there. So mm-hmm. uh, congratulations on those guys on, on, on their championship deal. The big, big bow out there handling this business, muscling them all out. Uh, <laughs> but for the fact that that happened this summer and they played, that is a decent sign for football working. Uh, just trying to contain this Corona. Uh, but again y'all and I know this is uh the UK picks pick six podcast and we just have some casual talk here we know it's a lot there's a lot of politics so after November here in America we'll have a better idea of what's going on with all this mm. stuff here because yeah. uh, right now it's just everybody's forced to make their own decision as opposed to a, a one you know, unified
1: decision. Yeah it's, uh... yeah. it's yeah, totally the same with us though. We get told do this, but don't do that, but do that, but don't do this. But it's not clear and obvious. It's very much a case of do what you want. And if you're wrong, well, that's your fault.
2: Well, it's, it's frustrating having, so I live in Wales, Marlon and um Wales and England have had different policies throughout this. So we were locked down for an extra two weeks Um and like there's little things like you in Wales you don't have to wear a mask in the shops, but in mm-hmm. England you do have to wear a mask when you go into the shops. And it's like it's really weird. So I'm going back to visit these guys next week and I'm gonna have to like adjust my mind to a new set of rules, you know.
4: Wow, that that's insane. Yeah. Now we, when y'all been when y'all been going on lockdown, I like, have it is it like a mandatory quarantine? Like it like the police were checking out if you're out type deal, was it was it debt tight?
0: Yeah,
2: there was type? Not bad. They were there. They they had the mandate to arrest people.
0: Yeah, stuff. they, they yeah, broke yeah, up like sure. uh there were some people that had kind of illegal house parties and invited yeah. people over and things like that. And the police mm-hmm. broke it up and gave out fines and stuff and um but they weren't strict. We were told that you could have like an hour a day and to outside, outside. to exercise. <laughs> yeah. And people I mean, I know I did like an hour I went I'd go for an hour and a half, two hour walk kind of thing, and you weren't really caught up on that. What a rebel, much. eh? Well, yeah, look, I know. Crazy
3: <laughs>
4: How did that work? Did y'all I
1: mean it, it was wasn't just, really police. It we it would just would leave the house out. and go for a walk or whatever. <laughs> and then like... if you were if you were three hours or ten hours, no one was really checking up on you.
4: Gotcha okay, okay. But they did but like did
1: pull the over cars. Yeah yeah, well that's, yeah,
0: that's when the numbers started to go down because people were kind of being quite stri- um quite vigilant about making sure they stuck to the rules. Yeah. And like cars on motorways were pulled over quite regularly. It's like where are you going to, where have you come from, why are you making that journey if it's not essential, then we're going to write you a ticket kind of thing. So yeah. they 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 did do a bit of policing to ensure that people got the message to stay home. But I think a lot of people were just scared as well. Because it was, it was yeah. so early on when we didn't know what was going to happen. There was just a fear of, right, well, let's just stay indoors and and do what we can to try and ride it out, man. It's been, yeah, strange, mental. It's really bonkers.
1: But on the NFL sort of point of view, the trouble you guys have is that the MLB are struggling with their cases, aren't they? So that's probably the bad sign for the NFL season. If they can't control it in Major League Baseball, then how can you control it in the NFL when there's more players and more staff?
4: Oh, again, the case with the NFL, y'all. I think the toughest side, more than anything else, in regards to the NFL, is the amount of contact, the Mm. droplets, thirty-two teams, Mm. physical contact, like real physical contact. I know with the NBA, you know, you're gonna get a little bump (laughs) and fade away type deal, but I'm talking about tackling, breathing being on top of people, that's a yeah. bit different, and it's more people.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the more people is the thing, isn't it?
4: I think the more people in the in the type of contact. Like, anytime, like, like you mentioned MLB, it's not that much contact. I mean, you're trying to tag someone off, you get that little deal, but it's not five guys. Like, take a picture of this. Think of the coronavirus and then envision when the Saints lost to... Uh, the 49ers last year, think of when they had like four Saints on George Kittle.
1: Mm, yeah. Mm.
4: <laughs> like,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. There's going to be think some sweat piece. shed. Or something like,
2: just of hanging plate. off him. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
4: Right. Take a picture of that play and then think of the coronavirus. Mm. Whereas in, in MLB, you'll see someone tagging off someone trying to tag in that fourth, I mean, coming to home plate. On basketball, you'll catch a James Harden doing a bump. And a fader win, but football is so. I think the season does, and this is just like I said. No one really knows. Everyone that I talked to said we're going to play a season. SEC is going to play a season. The logistics, how all of this is going to happen, is the big question.
0: Yeah. Do you want to see them play? There's, particularly in the college game, they're talking about how it's safer for the players to actually be at the universities and involved in the football system because it's more likely to be cleaner and um, there's you know more sterilized areas for them compared to if the players are just at home because a lot of the players come from kind of uh, rural backgrounds and tougher backgrounds as well so it might actually be beneficial from a safety point of view to have the players in and around the football team at the university level at least because it's because it's better run I do agree with that to
4: a certain extent. Um, keeping all of the players there and in those environments are better because you con- it's a controlled environment. Mm. Like your average Joe, the general population can't just walk in LSU's locker room and just kick it yeah. with the players. So that does help. Uh, the issue is um, when the kids do go home, nutrition changes, resources changes.
3: Let's right. be honest, yeah.
4: Training changes, 70% of the kids from the hood, you know, they yeah. come from poverty. So when they go back home, that's their reality. And uh, I do get that side of it. Um, but then I also understand the side of these, you're gonna take them away from their families. Eventually they're gonna be around their families. What if they're around their grandmothers? So it's, yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's tricky. been a ball of confusion, y'all. I, I really do think the best thing, the sport is the medicine, basically for all of us, we all just hoping and anticipating that the football season happens. And as of right now, the NFL is going to play. As of right now, um, the SEC and ACC is more than likely going to play. But there is the flip side to where, okay, if these numbers um, continue to increase and we continue to not have an answer for this coronavirus, is it, and I do understand the financial side of it, but is it that important? Yeah. Yeah. So I am a safety first guy, uh, but I do believe in reason.
0: This is yeah. you're too nice to be a D tackle. We we're saying this just when you dropped out. Like I don't <laughs> understand this. <laughs> all these NFL players are so vicious in kit and it's so nice when you just chat with them. All... <laughs> yeah. It's
4: all entertainment, man. Like, think about it. Like when you first when you see put it to you like this, when you see, let's say Denzel Washington. You just think he's this actor that's going to be this cool, collective guy. In person, yeah. he, he he's totally different from how he's an actor. And I think that's what us football players are able to do. We're able to, on the field, I'm crazy. Like, I'm mentally ill. Get away from you. <laughs> right. Okay. Off, of the, off of the field, is just like a that click, you know, it's, it's a different, especially in college. Um, And for me, to the, the be an NFL journeyman is, different, is a different deal. You know, in college, it's more on the lines of survival. Like, okay, when I'm on this field, the guy lined up across to me, gave two middle fingers to my entire life. He's like, I don't care if you don't get drafted. I'm going to bust you up. And then now we have a problem because now you're dealing with my livelihood. Mm -hmm. So from a psychological standpoint, we were able to tap into that. A lot of guys weren't able to control that. That's where you have a lot of domestic violence cases, you have a lot of mental yeah. illness cases out there because, you know, we're we're programmed to think this way in institutionalize in this institutionalized environment. And outside of that, you know, it's 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 a challenge. You know, that's why for me, being able to transfer over to broadcasting really made the transition uh a little more comfortable. Yeah. Uh because I'm still able to talk about the sport. But the contact of it it does you know it is missed as well
2: yeah. uh, um that made me think of miles garrett when uh when the browns were on hard knocks and he writes poetry and reads poetry and um when he's not playing and then him on the field trying to kill somebody with a helmet <laughs> with it's their like, own helmet as well <laughs> yeah with their own helmet
4: precisely
2: <laughs> so like yeah. yeah you can be it's very yeah, happy you can Gilmore. be quoting Shakespeare off the field, but you can uh you can turn into a psycho when you step over those lines, right? <laughs>
1: yeah. With the uh with the Pretty coronavirus, well. uh, Marlon, we, we said last week we had an over under in how many weeks we think the NFL are going to get to, so we said six and a half, wasn't it? Yeah, so I'm the only one so far we've spoken to that thinks there's going to be more than six and a half weeks of football. What do you reckon?
4: I'll go over, I think, yeah. eight. I think,
2: optimist, nice
1: half a season, okay, okay. half a season's yeah. good. Was that eight were, eight weeks including a... playoffs?
4: Oh uh, no! I See. think I think once the playoffs happen, they're going. This year is just going to be different if it happens.
3: Yeah. Because
4: the, the the logistics, we got to think about that. Like how y'all gonna house this? Okay, if if Drew Brees catches the coronavirus, Alvin Kamara catches the coronavirus, Michael Thomas catches it, three other guys on defense catches it. Who are gonna fill in for those guys?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Injuries happen, yeah, but it's not all the same injuries. If a guy has a a bruised shoulder, okay, he he just won't practice three or four days. Coronavirus is 20 days. You got to sit out. Mm. Quarantine. (laughs) So that side of it, you know, are you going to get a whole bunch of practice squad and really good players and put them in a bubble? And if somebody gets hurt, you just insert them in out of the bubble?
1: (laughs) Maybe. These are
4: the things I think about 1 o'clock in the morning. I,
2: I just a, really yeah. wanna I just really wanna see some football. Yeah,
3: I'm
2: That's desperate it. for it.
3: <laughs>
2: the longest off season ever. Yeah.
0: Marlon, yep. man, we've uh, we've kept you a long time. I'm gonna ask, is it cool if we do one question each? We go around and have one last question each to you. Is that cool? Sure, yeah, I got a couple more minutes. And then we'll uh, we'll get you out of here, man. We really appreciate the time. Uh, Jazzy, yeah, why don't you start great. us off, man?
1: So you said before you are an NFL journeyman there was a Tom Brady came out this week saying that it was difficult for him to learn a new playbook having had learned the same one for the last however many years. And Josh McCown came out and said that at least that's one thing he's better than Tom Brady at is how difficult is it to learn a playbook? And do you have to learn it cover to cover or is it kind of, you learn chunks at a time? How does that work?
4: I'm more of a chunks at a time type guy. Um, At the times I had to be traded or, Put on the waivers and sent to another team. Getting their playbook. Um, I typically like when I went to Kansas City. I had to learn a defense and an offensive playbook because I was on a practice squad. So right. I was going to do the looks on offense and on defense since Ooh. I didn't play. So you would have to learn. You didn't want to mess it up. So the way we the way we typically did it was we would we would normally um, take 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 a certain group amount of plays that were similar and put those plays together. Yeah. Right. And then go on the other side. And, and so I would wait. One of my coaches, Coach Walsh taught me this. He said, man, just keep separating the plays. OK, because these are similar. So as a defense alignment, as a three tech, you're going to do this, this and this and this and this and this on these plays. So group these together. Mm. And then on this deal at the nose tech. So I, I tell people this all the time. My wife actually told me this last year at the bridge at this event, at the of success event. Just like y'all, all smarter than y'all think, y'all are. Y'all can excel mm-hmm. in other industries outside of football if y'all can learn this playbook yes, and adapt yeah. to this culture. And it's where you, you have some type of intelligence. But again, when you're passionate about something, it can sound like Swahili. You're gonna learn it because you
3: love it. <laughs>
0: yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Learning something that you love is so much easier. It goes in like that, doesn't it? Because you want to learn it. Oh, it does. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, all right, I'll uh, I'll go next, Marlon. This is um, this is something that gets asked a lot. You're obviously in the Southern States, down in Louisiana, SEC man. You played in the SEC for LSU. This question gets asked a lot, particularly about the SEC teams, Alabama at their peak, LSU last year. Could one of those elite college football teams genuinely beat like the, winless, the winless Browns or the Bengals last year? Do you genuinely think that, that that sort of college level that they're playing in the SEC, the best of the best, Bammer at their peak could compete in the NFL.
4: I do believe that the LSU football team from 2019 would have beat half of the NFL last year. Whoa. Oh. Wow. wow.
1: Probably is, uh, I think it's probably to the Falcons. Now you wanted me to have a bold Woo. statement,
4: knee jerk, to get a knee jerk reaction?
1: <laughs> I one.
4: think the LSU football team we had last year, as is, beat half of the NFL. Wow.
2: wow. Playoff team?
0: Sneak into the playoffs?
4: Play- uh, uh, a wild card.
0: What?
4: wow okay, okay all right all right straight up all right
0: up. fair fair enough cool I like That's that. fair. Bold right. answer. you've played it I'm, i cannot i cannot argue against you man you played it and lived it so yeah, yeah. Fair.
4: some people are trying like I'm, i know i'm when we post this i know i'm gonna get a whole bunch i don't care <laughs> i'll put that lsu football team with those receivers that those play callers that yeah. defense that secondary I put that I put Derek Stingley right now in the NFL and he'll lock up. He'll be he'll be he'll just be another Patrick Peterson. Oh, wow. really?
1: Wow, okay. That's he's high that, praise. He's
4: 18. He's 18 years old.
0: They breed corners yeah. as well at LSU, it seems. Louisiana, they're, they're baby. Yeah, corners just coming <laughs> out of LSU. Christian
4: wow. Fulton, he's a West Banker, baby. He he's from Jefferson, Paris. He's from right here on the West Bank. His family stayed five minutes from where I'm sitting right now. No. he's another one watch him at the Tennessee Titans and you're going to be like oh Marlon wouldn't trip you're going to see
0: alright okay <laughs> i nice. believe like you I'll, I'll believe that. you man I'll, I'll believe, believe it. it
2: Yeah. Um, the question I was going to ask you I, I keep uh, we keep going back to LSU but um, another LSU alumni uh, Jamal Adams Um, that was one of the best kind of debates that we've had on this podcast over the last <clears throat> couple of months was that trade because we didn't all agree on it who had won the trade Um, What are your thoughts on it? Do you think it was a good move for the Seahawks? Do you think it was a good move for the Jets? What do you reckon?
4: I think it was a win-win for both organizations. I'll start with the Jets. Uh, Jamal wasn't happy. You know, he wasn't happy. Um, He didn't didn't quite, his personality didn't quite clash with the front office. And I've seen that happen before on numerous occasions, particularly in the NFL. He was very vocal about it. Mm -hmm. This isn't the same NFL anymore. These players talk. Like before you could get guys to just shut up and play your threatening money. These guys don't care. Like Jamal Adams don't care when nobody thinks he's gonna speak his mind.
3: Yeah.
4: So I think personality wise, it works. And then for Seattle, I think this is the most complete their secondary is gonna be since the Legion of Boom. Yeah. yeah. With the addition yeah. of Jamal Adams. It's exciting. He, he can play in the box, he can cover any of those receivers, he can he can play free, he can play strong safety. He's just so versatile, he hits. You yeah. know, he makes plays on the ball. I mean, he's a leader. So Pete Carroll's going to love him. So I think it's a win-win. The Jets can start over and, and, and you know, rebuild. Because, uh, again, they put all their chips behind it. He was their star on defense. Mm-hmm. And now that Seattle gets a gem.
1: Fair. That's a fair answer. Nice.
0: My man, you've been awesome. Really appreciate the time, man. We've had so long with you. More than I thought we'd get. Um Thanks so much for the effort as well of like when it kept on dying out and stuff and getting back on. I really appreciate that, man. Um, yeah, you're a trooper. And you've kind of... No problem, fellas. You've lived the perfect football career, surely. You're from Louisiana, just outside New Orleans, and you've won a Super Bowl with the Saints, and you've won a national championship with LSU, man. That's that's as good as well, it that's gets. That's like Grand <laughs> Slam, isn't it? <laughs> Bless
4: you. Oh, y'all forgot one, baby.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. the rugby as well, do, yeah. oh, rugby team. Dude, we will you oh, uh, go. will be. That's the next goal in your What's brains nice, about the rugby uh, down the line. If you're happy to come back on again, man, we'd love to get you back on later on in the season if there is one. Talk rugby, talk. I mean, I think jazz could talk. <laughs>
1: oh, so when you look at those teams, though, their first-round talents that came out, all I'm seeing is the amount of uh, yeah, instant the amount stars of the quite strong-wise. a lot of them in the league so if you think that you had instant stars already <laughs> on one team altogether it would make sense for them to be able to play very competitively yeah it's a so, shame
2: we can't you can never like uh do it prove these things can yeah you? no it's so um, much speculation
1: um yeah. yeah but it gives us more to chat about oh
2: group. I really hope we get football guys yeah. Well you these... you
1: you guys are both pessimistic, thinking it's under six and a half. I'm still going with over. Yeah, I, just I, don't get, I
2: almost don't want to get my
1: hopes up. Yeah, of I'd rather like keep it any low. football.
2: Because I feel like this year is cursed. Yeah, so cursed that you know if you if you say you want to do something, it's gonna get fucking. Well, it's been uh, like somebody said to
0: me earlier today it was um every month obviously has been like stuff's been hit and been hit and been hit. And actually August so far, there hasn't been anything that's been like nothing, I don't think any sports-wise anything's been cancelled yet that was going to be on like major sport in terms of the big ones Yeah, the I've the MLB cases haven't we? No, That's but that big, hasn't but right. that hasn't stopped the league going on yet Though they're still Yet Yeah, but they're still going which is why I'm so worried that we're waiting for the thing to hit in August and the thing is going to be we just can't do
1: September 8th Kansas City Ugh. opening night like um, True but you look at the, look, talk about that though if you watched uh, I'm sure you I know all you had Dave may not have watched it yet but Schultz talking about the NBA bubble and how they're not really watching it that much and not really caring as much of it because without the fans there, without home court advantage, it kind of means nothing. What you're so seeing it, is in the playoffs.
2: So the figures down then, Jazz. Yeah, for people. That's amazing considering yeah. it's like the best thing going.
0: But it is, but it is true in that they didn't market the pre-playoff kind of tournament very well. I mean, the, mm. it's a fantastic finish actually. I think it goes down tonight um, with the Suns, Blazers. um, Spurs and somebody else all battling basically for the last playoff spot or there's going to be a playoff for the last playoff spot but yeah. because it's been so kind of alright just get it back up and running I think they haven't had a chance to even Box market it. it as right here's the everything that's going on for the pre, pre-playoff tournament I think once the playoffs have started in the NHL and once they start later on next week for the NBA I think it like figures will go up again because it's obvious meaningful basketball I think golfing. you will yeah. you will get yeah.
2: those kind of like um not tacit fans but like people that like multiple sports and that aren't really into American football it could be enough where they just turn it on and they're like this is a bit weird like there's no crowd yeah. noise and then you well, same with football though it could be enough where it's just play. like nah I don't want to do it.
1: Well
0: MLB's yeah. been really good. It's, on TV, there's it's really weird. On all of the close-up shots, they're empty stands and you've got the cardboard cutouts like we discussed with whitney last week and everything but yeah when they go to the main broadcast cams like when somebody hits a home run they've put a digital crowd in and it looks just kind of as a ball's whizzing through the air and a, oh is that what you sorry is that padded. what you're
2: talking about uh, last week with whitney yeah. she, she so had is... like a digital seat
1: Well, this is is slightly different. That's the NBA, and she had a cutout at the Ray Stadium.
0: Yeah, the NBA's got Zoom calls where they actually put your webcam on. But this this is like a digital crowd, like on a video game. So it's a fake crowd. But as the camera's panning and a ball's flying through the air, you don't really notice that it's like a fake crowd. It's just... The Until someone puts a, a
1: mitt up and then it goes through it because it's not a real person. Yeah, but again, I don't know it's... what I'd. I don't
2: know what I'd prefer. I, to be honest, I don't mind kind of being a little bit lied to. Like if you did that and you put some crowd noise in, mm. I could imagine it being better than no fans and no noise no fans at all.
0: Yeah, although it would be. Physical, I don't artificial. know. I'd have to see
2: both of them and see how I like. But I could yourself. imagine. I could imagine preferring that, and I don't
0: think it's like. I don't know. Well, they they gave you the option on the, maybe on the Premier League idea. for like fake crowd noise or n- no or crowd not. noise. I they, picked not every time, so it. There are ways for it to be perhaps adjusted. the viewers' choice. I guess it depends.
2: Yeah. If I was watching it, if I was watching a game with you guys, then wouldn't need any
0: noise. But if I was watching a game on my own, then can you imagine red zone bouncing around to all these big plays with just a dead silence?
1: You get the commentary, though.
0: It's going to put even more on um, Martin, isn't it? To, like,
2: I don't know, keep the energy up. Not that he struggles with that. Yeah, yeah. He's amazing. What's his name? I always forget his name. Scott Hanson. Scott Hanson, yeah. Great Great guy. I was trying to figure out who
1: Martin was to begin with. Who the hell's fucking Martin? (laughs) Oh,
2: um, yeah. Props to you guys for last week, by the way. I listened to all of it. It was wicked. Enjoyed it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really did. Yeah, she's. Whitney great. was a great guest. She's lovely.
1: She's, yeah, she's so enthusiastic yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. Tampa Bay teams is brilliant. It, I been I, really. I sent lovely. her
2: a little. I sent her a message on Instagram actually, just oh, saying nice. like, thanks for coming on and apologising for my weird question. <laughs> <laughs> she said she found it funny. So the so wing, yeah. right. wing
1: face was the question. Yeah. That's... Yeah, that was. <laughs> yeah, but I, I
2: thought that was good. I was just like channeling my inner Mark Sessler. That's the kind of thing that he would like.
1: Yeah, some, I
0: just
2: some weird shit.
0: I didn't enjoy reading that out. <laughs>
2: I know you didn't <laughs> that was part of my thing I wanted to make you feel weird yeah, yeah. and then I just wanted uh, a bit of a funny in there so uh, yeah yeah her answer was actually that's what I said in the Instagram I was like you're for, for a really stupid question um her answer was actually really really good <laughs> that was one of her better answers so she's a,
0: she's a pro man she's uh, oh yeah.
2: man she's yeah she's wicked yeah, so we've, we've been that very fun. Lucky. you guys got the most out of that it was wicked very lucky with the guests that we've had they've all been really good I think. Very
1: lucky. I mean, that's all your contacts, isn't it, Ollie? So you've been yeah. driving it forward very nicely for us. Well, hopefully.
2: I'm super excited to talk fantasy next week as well. Yeah, Neil Dutton really will be excited.
0: definitely joining us next week. He's happy to do any day of the week after 7:30, so he will be joining us uh, to nice. talk about how to draft in fantasy and yeah, yeah. Uh, and what to do well, with. The I quite
2: COVID. like. I mean, we seem to be doing them. I think we've done a couple on. We've done a couple on Wednesday, but Thursdays seem to be. Mostly Thursday, the majority then. so yeah if we can try and keep that consistency then maybe it'll just be a
1: habit forming thing that we just maybe don't put this bit on the podcast cause nah, it's we'll just
0: we'll try it. and keep it as Thursday but we'll sort it out as we go Man, it's a podcast don't worry about it um dave do you know your twitter handle off off the top of your head no nope. cool it's david block one on twitter <laughs> for Dave, <laughs> uh and david block on instagram uh jazz yeah. is jazz gillam and uh at jazz Gillum on, on twitter. both yeah I'm O underscore J underscore Wilson on both of them. And on both of them, the new name change, which I should have told Marlon, because he kept on calling it Picks. I six, know, bless him, he
2: was plugging the old one. But we He's are... doing well on that, yeah.
0: We, we have had the rebrand, so to speak. Uh, return the Picks is uh, on Instagram and on Twitter as well. Uh, just return the picks, all one word. No underscores, no nothing Ooh. like that. No yeah.
1: podcast bits. lean no and simple. Because if we let nice. Dave do it, it would have been return underscore the pick, uh, the, uh, the underscore picks, underscore podcast, underscore Dave. Yeah, but it's because he loves the underscores as old David boy. So if you want to, sorry, you... Jazz,
2: were you talking? I didn't hear any of that. Oh, it that?
1: sounded like you did because you just rep- re- replied. So. If you well, want to, if you
2: want to like fire, and...
0: fire any abuse towards Jazz, uh, get in contact over Instagram. <laughs> that's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's where you'll find him, camped out, and not on his. Do it on the podcast one; it'd be it's way more interesting. Um, yeah, that's uh, big thanks once again to um, Marlon. Yeah, living the dream, man genuinely yeah. getting rings oh at both he loves names. it he loves it so cool. you can tell how much he loves that
2: area as well it's, yeah uh, big thanks to Marlon
0: uh, big thanks for listening and uh, we'll be back next week talking fantasy football and hopefully a bit of hard knocks as well and anything else that goes on take care